Hello everyone, Robbie here. I'm pleased to announce the release of my next novel, Regrowth. Here's a short description. With the world on the brink of collapse, the last thing John expected was a call from the richest man on earth. Scientist John Matthews is sitting on his couch, locked out of his lab, until he gets a call from Eaton Shaw, the billionaire tech magnate. Shaw is inviting the best and brightest to an underground facility with a simple mission, save the world. John joins the lab, hoping for a breakthrough on his research. He's attempting the impossible, regrowing limbs in humans. But he's not alone in his quest. The lab is filled with cutting-edge science, working to solve all of humanity's problems. Shaw presses harder and harder for results, even in the face of deformity and mutation, and John begins questioning Shaw's motivations. The lab, once a sanctuary, starts to feel like a prison. As John's research spins further and further out of control, the cost is tallied in trauma and blood. Still, Shaw wants more, even as the lab becomes a slaughterhouse. Both John and his research are pushed to the brink. What will be the price for regrowth? Regrowth is out now, available on Amazon, and you can get your copy from the link in the show notes. It's great for fans of Michael Crichton or Body Horror, and I would love for you to check it out. Hi everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I totally know what this episode is about. It's about one thing and one thing only. Hopefully you can tell me what that is because, you know, my mind wanders and <laughs> I Yes, in case you in case you listeners couldn't tell, we also didn't like this episode. What a shock. I can't. I cannot. I just Yeah, I just felt okay. We'll talk. We'll get into it. Hi, guys. We are Roddy Roy Sports on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Only $2 a month. Gain access to all bonus content. Uh, we have a couple of people to thank. Matthew. Fantastic. Uh, Laura Salvatore. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Laura. And Alexander Grant Jacobson. Thank you, Alexander. Thank you, Alexander. This week's episode is Millhouse of Sand and Fog, episode GABF 19, originally aired. September 25th, 2005, written by Patrick M. Verone, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, with a, received a 5.8 rating with 10.5 million viewers. The couch gag, the Simpsons sit on the, the couch as normal, but then a TV, TiVo menu pops up asking if we would like to save or delete, and they choose delete, which is the correct choice. Yeah, especially for this episode. You do not need to keep this one around. <laughs> Remember TiVo? Yeah, before everything was streamed instead of, you know, watched live. I mean, my dad still uses that. He still uses a DVR. There's really? Of, yeah, he's wow. not, not TiVo, but he uses a DVR. Mostly right. just to, he's, he watches he watches football games. So like He tapes the first hour, and then he just watches everything without a commercial. That's smart. Yeah. Um, right, plus, it's football, so there's a lot of downtime where people are just standing around talking about inane things. So you can fast forward. You can probably get through the whole game in you know less than an actual he hour. Doesn't mind, he doesn't mind the, the inane things waiting between plays, Matt. He just doesn't want to watch commercials. All right, fair. I don't know. Um, <sighs> oh, my God. This episode really tested me. 
Uh, I was. I, I'm surprised because I, I was just saying, I, I feel at the core of this episode has one plot that makes sense. They just decided to throw in a whole bunch of other crap on top of it. But sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt your your complaints first, Matt. It, it, it has multi, It has a bunch of plots in it. Maybe one of them could be good if you gave it more time and developed it. <laughs> yeah, and wrote jokes. I want to emphasize that again. I did not laugh. Zero, zero laughter in this episode. Wait, are you supposed to laugh at the Simpsons? I, I thought they abandoned that back in season nine. Oh, shoot. Well, I've been looking at these episodes all wrong. <laughs> they, I mean, it's not ultimately like, I want it to make sense first. I want to be clear about that as well. Ultimately, I want the episodes to make sense first and be funny second. If they are very funny, it can sometimes overrule some t- some of the making sense stuff. But when they don't make any sense and they're not funny, you're like, okay, all right, guys. Uh, we start with the, uh, the episode with the family in church, and I don't know why they're in church. Why are they in church, Matt? It's a good place for the start because they're a good old fashioned uh, American family. Like this is Maggie's scratching, itching like crazy. Very clear to anyone with a brain that she has chicken pox. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a genius to know if like, someone has if you have chicken pox or not. You don't have to go to a doctor to get diagnosed with chicken pox. It's very apparent. Um, but. Maggie, is she just started? Like, again, like, we're less than a minute in this episode already. Logic has fallen out the window. Like, they're in church, Maggie's scratching out. Why didn't she notice Maggie scratching at home? She's a baby. Like, oh, we need to go to a doctor at this exact moment. Let's go to Dr. Hibbert. Oh, he's in church, but he's at the black church. Or as Reverend Lovejoy calls it, the boisterous church. Um, So... Uh, Marge and the family leave church in the middle of uh, worship and go find Dr. Hibbert. <clears throat> Dr. Hibbert? Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate to interrupt while you're rejoicing, but Maggie is terribly itchy. Mm-hmm. Oh, this looks to be the initial stages of chicken pox. Say amen! Amen! Coat Maggie with this calamine lotion and the scabbing will heal. The scabbing will heal! The scabbing will heal! Heal my scabs, Lord! Praise the Lord! I can walk again! What? My foot fell asleep. They really, maybe they really wanted to have that joke. Quote, I hear, I'm, every time I use the word joke, imagine I'm, use, I'm putting sneer quotes about it. In, in Every time I talk <laughs> in this episode. Um... They really wanted that joke where, like, they yell to God about the scabbing will heal um, in the black church. Why is... How does Dr. Herbert have calamine lotion on him? He's at church. Why does... Why, why couldn't... Why can't they just start the episode Maggie in Dr. Herbert's office? Because then they couldn't get in their jokes about white churches versus black churches. I guess. It's not really a joke. You remember that? Do you remember that? Uh, the, the I forget what episode it's from. The gag where Homer's watching uh, a black stand-up comedian, and the black stand-up comedian's like, "White guys drive their car like this," and then he's like, "And then he's like, black guys drive their car like this." You remember that, Matt? Mm-hmm. And Homer laughs at it like an idiot. Yep, that's what the Simpsons are now, where they're just like, "Look." This that's, is white. That's the entirety. Yes. Look, look, white people in church burp, 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 and black people in church. Oh, and they're singing. You're like, 
I mean, yeah, the singing's better. I'm not gonna like singing is fun. Um, Maggie's chicken box. That's where we're getting to. So Maggie's chicken box. Homer has never had chicken box, Matt. So it's very dangerous. He could get seriously ill if he got chicken box as an adult. It's true. Uh, I myself got chicken pox as an adult. I was perfectly fine, but I'm not everyone. A lesson. It's taken me a long time to learn, but I'm not everyone. <laughs> Some people never learn that lesson, I guess. No. But Homer can't be around Maggie. Okay. Now, now this is the point, Matt, where we take we we uh, we we go to the wheel of plot and we stand next to it and we spin it and we go, where will we end up? Where is this leading us? Is Homer going to get chicken pox and get seriously hurt? Seriously ill? Is uh, Maggie going to develop superpowers? Who knows? Let's spin the wheel of plots. We spin the wheel of plots. Uh, Homer talks to Flanders. And we reveal that Flanders is indeed a bad parent. Hey, Homer, why the sour puss? Did you chug a lug of skunky snapple? I don't know, maybe. Plus, my wife won't let me inside because the baby's got chicken pox. <gasps> really? Do you mind if I bring my boys over so she can infect Rod and Todd? Then there'll be a pox on both our houses. Why would you do that? Are you a bad parent? Oh, contraire, man with no hair. You see, Rod and Todd could only get the chicken pox once, and uh, childhood's the safest time. So you want Maggie to infect your kids? You betcha. In fact, some parents have been known to hold pox parties so other kids in the neighborhood can get the disease when they please. And would they pay handsomely for the privilege? Well, they might, but you'd have to be awfully money-grubbing to charge your friends and neighbors. Fifteen dollars to infect your kids! Now featuring the Pox Box. Pox Box not recommended for pregnant or nursing women. As with any disease, Pox results may vary. Pox Box. Pox Box, Robbie. Pox Box. How do you feel about this, Matt? If this were the entire plot, okay, maybe. Maybe Homer gets seriously ill because if rather than do what he is supposed to do, he acts irresponsibly and tries to make some money off of this. Okay, that's fine. But that's not where the plot goes. At all. So it sucks. <laughs> It does for a, it, it goes in that direction for like a minute, uh, about a minute. Mm-hmm. And I know, I understand that infecting children with chicken pox is relatively minor, knowing what we know about we chicken. Have a vaccine now, yeah. We don't, we don't need to infect kids. Yeah. Also, but also, like, I'm all I all I can think of is all the people having COVID parties and who are doing the same thing, but with oh. COVID and. <gasps> Uh, makes me lose my mind, uh, so that doesn't help this episode, but it's not, this episode doesn't care about chicken pox. Not at all. For, this is the, almost, we're almost at the end of the chicken pox stuff. Um, we have a pox party. Uh, all the children, so many children are there. Um, why didn't all the other parents just have one kid go in? They pay their $15, have one child go in, and then once that kid gets sick, have a new party without Homer, where they don't all have to pay. Well, that would be smart, Robbie. We okay, don't smart. Fair enough. They that's Matt. Oh boy, say that again, Robbie. That would make sense, and that's not what we do here. <laughs> we don't. No, we don't. That's not what we do here. Um. So Kirk drops off Millhouse, and Marge invites him in, and all of the adults are all getting drunk, Matt, and and gossiping about the other adults that aren't there. Okay. Why? <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you why. Because the plot demands it. Because Kirk stays, gets starts getting drunk. Um, Louia shows up eventually to pick up Millhouse. Uh, she stays also, uh, despite Kirk saying I I should go. They stay together. They get drunk. 
Matt, I cannot. All of this is interspersed with Homer in like a hazmat suit, like entertaining the children. Uh huh. The person who can't be near them has to entertain them. I just like, and then Krusty shows up for like twenty seconds. The joke is that he's only he was only paid for twenty seconds. He doesn't finish his joke. That's the joke that Krusty's there for, and then he's gone. Also, there's just scenes of these children like coughing on each other. There's a scene where Maggie is bathing in the punch bowl so that you drink the punch, you get check a box. I this is disgusting. Yes, this is this is not how we fix diseases. This is how disease was, you know, dealt with hundreds of years ago. Not now. Now we have medical science. Weird how that works. It's disgusting. Like I don't, Matt. I'll put in aside all the you know vaccine stuff and that the stupid archaic, uh, barbaric ritual that we still do. Aside from all the cultural, social, political things that I don't agree with on display in the scene, the idea of a baby. Covered in chicken pox, bathing in a punch bowl, and then the thought of everyone drinking it is so gross. And it is anti, like, I, it may, it is, there's nothing, like, it, it is that kind of level of disgust that I normally reserve for watching David Cronenberg films. And why on earth would you, I mean, I like David Cronenberg films, but. I'm that's what I'm going them for. I'm not going to the Simpsons for d- disgusting body horror, and that is what this is. Uh, so Luann and Kirk are getting drunk together, uh, and and they, we have which a con- always works out well when exes get drunk together. Oh my god! Like, why are they? It's the middle of the day. Why are the adults just getting drunk at a chicken box party? Like, it's a, all this. Robbie, is- you're not a parent. I'm not a parent, but I have to assume that parents have very stressful lives and if they can find somebody else to take care of their kids for a couple hours they will use the opportunity to get absolutely hammered i know but they'll or sleep one of the two they gotta drive home like i don't know okay i shouldn't be i shouldn't think about this at all because they clearly didn't care this is all all this is the plot dictates it because it plot dictates that kirk and luann are going to get back together maybe sort of um luann has left broke up with their last boyfriend kirk has been stalking him and then we get Milhouse and Bart walking, or or Mil, no Milhouse walking in on Kirk and Luann, and then Bart showing us what Homer is doing alone in the bathroom. Kirk, you look good. Have you been working out? Well, dogs have been chasing me. No one's been chasing me lately. What happened to your last boyfriend? The one who'd always go to the gym after visiting you, then have lunch at that place downtown. You know his taillight's broken. I'm not seeing him anymore. Well, does that mean that there might be a chance for me? Almost anyone's got a chance now. <laughs> Goodbye, thanks for coming. If my party made you sick, tell your friends. <sighs> Sweet Lizzie McGuire! You think that's dramatic? Mr. Stomach, are you hungry? I'm always hungry. Now make with the pizza, fatso. <laughs> You're the stomach. I have to do this for work. Why did you make us hear that, Robbie? Why? That wasn't necessary. I just like including all these extremely strange things they include in these episodes. I don't know why. 
I just I need it. Probably just because Andy Kaufman wrote for <laughs> The Simpsons for a little bit in the no, teen years. Andy, <laughs> Andy Kaufman was a uh, a talented comedian. Um, Matt. Fine, the kids in the hall. I don't know somebody. Who no, has no. Really weird oh, humor. how don't you dare! How dare you! invoking kids in the hall is the, the best sketch show of all time. And you're comparing it to season 17 oh, of the Simpsons. God. Sure. Robbie. Okay. It is Matt. What's better. Any better sketch show. Okay. I can't think of one. Uh, but, that's uh, because there is none better. That's, that's because sketch shows are generally pretty bad. I mean, you're not lying. The kids in the hall is great. <laughs> um, fair, fair. I just want to make this clear Homer. So we see, we have the actual plot point. You would think it was a plot point. Kirk and Luann making out on Homer and Marge's bed. Like, eh, that's kind of weird, but okay. Uh, Milas sees this. But then Homer, like, Bart, literally, Homer, Bart knows Homer's in the bathroom and just opens the door on him. And Homer has a face drawn on his torso. And he has his stomach folded up and is pretending to feed his stomach pizza and talking to it. Like, what am I supposed to un- like? What is this? What is this giving me about Homer? What am I supposed to learn about Homer from this? That Homer is a weirdo who has an unhealthy obsession with food. Unhealthy obsession with food meant like that you just eat it. Like, why is he giving it? Like, he makes him sound like he's a nutcase. Like, why? What? What is this? How does this help the episode? It's not funny. It's just bizarre. It's it's off putting. I cannot. I'm here. Man, I was thinking about this. I always try to think of, like, what's the one word I would use to describe this episode? Unpleasant. It's unpleasant. I mean, that's the minimal, is that it's unpleasant. It's also incoherent in a lot of places. (laughs) So, we go to commercial at 6 minutes and 28 seconds. Uh, All right. And when we come back, uh, we find out that, oh, Homer got the chicken pox. How? Because he was being so careful. He he. Uh, I mean, he was wearing that big uh, hazard suit, right? Oh no, it's because he's been drinking from Maggie's bottle. Which, ew, just ew. Um, <laughs> obviously, he's he's terrible. Uh, well, meanwhile, well, well, Matt, there's going to be really severe consequences for this, right? Yes, obviously, because the whole point of this was that Homer would be getting really sick if he got the chicken pox as adult. Okay. Or they could just forget about it. You know, whichever, whichever's easiest for the plot. Yeah, of course. So. Uh, meanwhile, the Van Houtens have decided they're going to get a trial on separation, and they're, they're going to explain this to Millhouse. Son, we want to talk to you about what you saw in the Simpsons' house. Well, I didn't see anything to get my hopes up, if that's what you mean. Well, maybe you should get your hopes up a little. They're already up! They're sky high! Your father and I are going through what's called a trial on separation. And son, I want to make one thing clear. Unlike the breakup, this is not your fault. I can't believe it! Our family might get back together again! Our house is a very, very, very fine house With two cats in the yard Life used to be so hard Now everything is easy cause of daydreams in color in so long. Oh, thank God. We were afraid we lost you, son. So, yes. Um, 
I, I, I like the joke that unlike the breakup, this is not his fault. And like, oh yes, obviously the problem in the first place was the breakup, not the fact that Luann and Kirk are terrible for each other. But hey, sure, whatever you want to go with. <sighs> yeah, sorry for the long daydream sequence. I just wanted to get the part at the end where Milhouse hasn't daydreamed in color, and they thought he was dead. What? Ha- like, did he? Yeah. Uh, like, we don't see what ha- did he pass out? Is that what we're supposed to? That's I think what we're supposed to think. Okay. Uh, we then see Homer in the tub uh, with oatmeal because that's one of the, the folk remedies uh, that is good for chicken pox. You know, it's also good for chicken pox getting the freaking vaccine instead of getting the actual chicken pox. But it's Homer, of course. <laughs> Homer is, of course, eating the oats because they're they're Homer flavored. And he loves that di- incredibly disgusting flavor. Uh, he also gets fired while he's in there because he can't go to work. <laughs> oh, my God, Matt. Like, what? I know. I know. What's the point of this? Why does he get fired? Uh, because he can't come into work and told him that he had chicken pox earlier, but this time he actually has it. So therefore no, they're fired. No, but why? Which, good reason. Worthwhile. I, I know, but like, why? I'm going to ask you a question, Matt. Do they mention the chicken pox ever again in this entire episode after this scene? No, no, no. But there is one scene uh, later when Luann is confronting Homer about uh, Marge and Kerr sleeping together. That Homer does have the remnants of the chicken pox. So I guess he's just one of the lucky ones. Okay, but what? It's more about. It's not even that. Meant, like, but does it factor into the plot whatsoever? Oh no, absolutely not. That that'd be foolish, Robbie. Of okay, course not. but they have this scene where Homer is in o- an oatmeal bath for the chicken box, and he gets fired. Okay, I can understand. Like, I I can imagine them going. Okay, you know what's funny? Homer eating the oatmeal that he's bathing in. I don't I don't agree. I think it's terribly unfunny and disgusting. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. Unpleasant, like I said, this entire episode just unpleasant. But why do you include the the the, the information oh Homer has gotten fired from his job? That is a big deal. Why on earth would you include it in the episode when it does not factor into the plot at all um that's the correct filler? answer i appreciate I, I appreciate the matt the correct answer was that noise it was like ah, oh, okay ah, that sounds about right ah. um because like literally i could just submit a review of just me making exasperated noises for 20 minutes because that's what this episode does uh-huh yep exactly so uh meanwhile uh, Kirk and Luann get rid of Millhouse because they want to spend more time together. So this is obviously not them getting back together for his sake. It's because they want to have sex with each other. Sure. Let's let's show them to be incredibly awful people. That's all right. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Bart and Millhouse uh, get together and decide that they have to break up Kirk and Luann because Millhouse used to get they used to fight for his attention and buy him things. I mean, I guess I could see kids being awful people. Kids are often very awful people because they don't know how to be good people yet. Why? But the the problem is, Matt, like, there is a single scene of Kirk and Luann going, no, Milhouse, we want to, could you go spend, give us some time together? Like, literally up in this moment, Kurt, um, we've seen Milhouse, like, so excited about his parents being back together. He's so happy about it. We get a single moment where they go, no, we want to spend some time together. Go away. Sure, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's harsh and it's rough and bad parenting, but... That's all it takes? That's all it takes. Okay. So, uh, this is also where we find out that Bart sent Milhouse's 
uh, imaginary friend away, which I guess is a thing you can do when you have as much control over somebody else as Mark does over Millhouse. There is so much bizarre Millhouse stuff in this episode. I would also add, Matt, like, which would be fine if that was what the episode is about. Is it's Kirkley Wan and Millhouse? If it was just their episode, fine. But but it's not. But it's not. <laughs> yeah. So <sighs> okay. So Bart sent Millhouse's imaginary friend away, and they decide they're going to break up Kirkley Wan. To do so, uh, they are going to try and lie to Millhouse's parents. Luann, <laughs> I'm moving my stuff back in. Uh, Dad. Mom says you're stinky and gross. Your mother said that? This is so great. I mean, she used to keep her criticisms all bottled up until they destroyed our marriage. <laughs> and I guess I am a little funky. Well, this is what cologne samples are for. <laughs> Mom, I don't want to get Dad in trouble, but he just let me drink a beer. Hmm, looks like we have a problem here. The problem being that you are addicted to fibbing. I am drunk. I'll prove it. Watch me kiss this picture of Nana. No, I can't do it. She's so mean to me. She won't let me eat Fruit Loops. So, yes, as we can see, uh, they are bad at this. They are very, very bad at this. But that's okay. That's okay, because uh, it, it works despite all of this. Uh, none of this works, obviously, because it's incredibly stupid. Um, but... At this point, Bart breaks out the big guns and says, hey, uh, if your parents stay together, you might get a baby sister. And he starts going through all of the ways that Lisa is terrible, including baking him cookies, which awful, just awful. How does he put up with that? <sighs> we also see that Lisa watches the OC. So there is like a minute long segment of the OC where they just play the theme song and do a horrible parody of the incredibly dumb show from the mid 90s. It. Matt. I, I think know. I think I, I think this gave me brain damage. I mean, that's the minimum I would think. I like in the middle of this episode, which clearly is messy and incomprehensible and jumps around from plot to plot with no consequence. In the middle middle of it is a minute, at least a minute. It felt like eternity. It felt like I was trapped in this parody forever, and it was never going to end. Of the OC, was the OC that sounds about right ever? That important? Like, why the OC? Because it was popular when this episode was being made. I mean, they've done that. Yes, they've done that for even though in the golden years they made fun of shows that were popular then. But they weren't a minute long. They'd have a single single scene, like a single like one line of dialogue, one line of dialogue. Boom, they're out of there. Like the of of the other of Married with Children or or Melrose Place or you know they they parodied those shows but they didn't waste us a minute of a valuable time and just for the song they don't, it's it's a stupid video montage of them at Knott's Berry Farm and it just it's just and it's just bizarre like there's nothing <sighs> I know Robbie I know I feel it too it hurts. But that's okay. We can move on because things have to get better, right? They have to get better. Do they? So, no, they don't actually. Okay. Uh, the boys get the idea that they're going to plant a bra in Luann's bed that is not hers uh, to break them up, to, to make it seem like Kirk is cheating on her. Which one, Kirk couldn't get anybody, but hey, sure, whatever. Um, and I, sorry, <laughs> this is my brain. 
This is okay, man. You you play your you play your clip, and then we'll I'm gonna yell about this for a little bit. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. I have a message for your wife. Stop sleeping with my husband. Okie doke. With my husband. And you are the wife of your wife's lover. Does he know what this is regarding? Oh, you moron! Marge is having an affair with Kirk. <laughs> That's ridiculous. No woman would want to have sex with that loser. Uh, and uh, congratulations on snagging him back. Good stuff. Just answer me one question. How did your wife's bra end up in my husband's bed? <gasps> this is Marge's bra. I bought it for her boobs. I highly doubt Homer bought anything in terms of clothing for Marge. That's not the kind of guy Homer is. He's just Homer. He's an idiot. So, uh, this uh, is where this episode is going. Matt, 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 well, Robbie, the plot requires them to be very stupid. They so are all, very stupid. Referring to our last episode, they are all carrying the idiot ball this week. Marge, Homer, oh Kirk, God. and Luann all carrying the idiot ball. They are so stupid. They are falling. Like, there are so many things that would immediately go... Wait, what? Like, one, Kirk is a pathetic loser. Uh-huh. That's all the show has told us for years now. Years and years and years of jokes about Kirk being a pathetic joke. And you're telling me that all four of these people, well, three, I suppose, Kirk, they don't, again, does Leah not even go to Kirk? She doesn't even ask him? Of course not. Why Why would you confront somebody you think is having an affair on you? Why You always go to the person they're having the affair with first, Robbie. That is TV 101. <laughs> okay. Three. Oh, so Luann is just stupid. Homer is just stupid. And Mar. And I guess Mar. It's not really. Mar just does the obvious thing, but it still is very much like. Marge doesn't explain, like, make Homer understand this. None of them, they all their brains just turn off. They don't have any sense. Like, why on earth would anyone believe that Marge is cheating with Kirk? Kirk? Marge with Kirk? Uh, I, know, I know, Robbie, I know. Like, w- like why would Luann believe that? Because she's an idiot. That she's an insecure a, idiot. She's an idiot. Oh, they're so... Um, I just... This is and and Matt and this is where this episode's going. Uh-huh. Why? Um, they didn't have a way to resolve the Kirk and Luann thing, so it's going to completely go away. So they can focus on once again Marge and Homer's relationship. There is only one Simpsons plot from season like ten on, and it's Marge and Homer have marital troubles. Somehow it gets resolved. This is the. St- I hate this. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. We all do, Robbie. We all do. I've, because, okay, this is this is where I'm going to go go into my, my rant, because I feel like the Kirk and Milhouse and Luann thing has legs. It could be its own episode. If they had started with it, uh, they had shown Kirk and Luann getting together. Uh, they could have some jokes about Kirk reintegrating into the household. And then Milhouse slowly realizes it's not really about him. They're not paying as much attention to him as they were. And he decides to break him up. That should occur at the end of, or maybe the middle of Act 2, the end of Act 2. Milhouse decides, I, I have to break them up. And then Milhouse succeeds or doesn't 
whichever probably succeeds because obviously Kirk and Luann are right for each other uh, with some of Bart's help. And that's how the Simpsons come in is Bart helps uh, Kirk and Luann. But no, they had they didn't have enough for that and they had no way to resolve this. So instead, they break up the Simpsons and have them get the back together yet again. I, I, I don't know. I, like, I do not understand why they pivot. It it makes it's so arbitrary. It's so forced. Every, like like oh, Luann and Kirk obviously toxic and not the, the founds of a good relationship, and they never really fix what was wrong between them. So obviously, them getting back together is not going to fix anything. They're going to just remember the good things and then quickly devolve back into the toxic behavior they had before. But. And Millhouse is, is there, caught in between, and it's a sad story because this poor kid. Like, yeah, there's a lot there. They choose to go back to the boringest well possible. Like, I am so like this is season seventeen, and they're doing Marge Homer relationship problems. They are still doing these season thirty two. They are still doing Marge Homer relationship problems, and you're like, okay. I can understand them having fights, arguments, but breaking up again and again and again and again. I remember this. We all remember every single time this happens. <laughs> we have a memory. Uh, every single time it's the same because they just make up for no reason in the end. Which, spoiler, is totally going to happen this time, too. Uh, what happens at the end of the act, Okay, uh, let, me, let me get to my notes, because I'm sure it's insane and stupid. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, for no reason at all, uh, Homer and Marge get mad at each other. Uh, they meet in the kitchen uh, the next day. Homer is very accusatory towards Marge. Marge, first of all, for her first two statements, never says, no, I'm not having an affair with Kirk. Why would that not be the first thing out of her mouth? No, obviously, I'm not having an affair with Kirk. Are you an idiot? Because he's awful. That should be the first thing she says, but it's not because it's TV. And then even once she does say, no, I'm not having Homer just repeats. I'm not hearing a no. What? <laughs> There's Why? no. Why? They, they don't even. All a, a conversation defeats this plot. One conversation where Marge goes, why do you think that? And Homer goes, uh, Luann came to the house with your bra. And she said she found it in, in, in their bedroom. And then Marge would go. Well, what proof is that? And then, oh no, the plot's defeated. <laughs> like, it's, you can think of, well, how else would have gotten there? Uh, let me think of the ways. Do we perhaps have a son who's a trickster? <laughs> Do they not know Bart exists? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that's what it is. And it just makes me hate both of them. Like, it may, both Marge and Homer have to be so stupid for this to happen and make me go, oh, I don't like these people anymore. This is the dumbest thing. I hate it. Well, lucky for you, at this point, Bart is set and we get to go to a commercial and I can stop talking about this inanity. No, that's not bad. You can. No, we're going to change the format. Now you do act three, two. Go no. ahead. Go ahead. You're you're we'll take it away. Uh, and, and then in next fine. episode, you're going to do you're going to do act one, two and three. By yourself. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, these episodes are about to get a lot shorter if I have to do all three. <laughs> we come back from commercial. All right, fine, then. No, we I'm come a, back. We come, no, we come back from commercial at 15 minutes and 16 seconds. In this point, my, I've given up. Uh, Homer stops by to get mail at the house. He's living in the park. 
Lisa and him have a conversation. None of this matters. This is all stupid. So contrived. They've completely forgotten about uh, Luann and, and Kirk. That plot doesn't exist anymore. They're not. They're barely mentioned at all in this third act. Lisa suspects Bart has something to do with this. Wow, someone in this episode has a brain. Lisa's the only one, I will add. Lisa's the only character in this entire episode that has any sense of logic and like intelligent and critical thinking. I mean, that's kind of her point in The Simpsons, but usually everyone else is kind of at a medium level of intelligence. She's higher, but no, she's the only one who crests above pawn scum in terms of intelligence. And normally, But normally, Matt, she's there so that she can give advice to characters and then they can follow it and do the right thing ideally so lisa's like lisa's corner is bart says i know you had something to do with this if you don't tell marge if you don't tell mom i'm gonna tell her and you're like okay 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 so bart's like all right he he'll do it he doesn't he'd rather be, be the one to do it instead of lisa so he goes to marge and he confesses uh mom hi sweetie uh you know that bra that broke up our family uh-huh. Well, I looked into it, and it turns out I was responsible. Really? Well, just for that, I'm going to erase all the safe games on your PlayStation. What? How do you know about things like that? I learned about it in here. (laughs) But Dad can come home, right? No. But he's innocent. Innocent? After all I do for your father, he still doesn't trust me. I'm finished with him. Does this mean you and Dad might get a D-A-V-U-R-S? Young man, you go work on your spelling, or I'll delete all the custom ringtones from your cell phone. No! So, I will say at this point, uh, was the only point I smiled during the episode when Bart said, I looked into it, and it turns out it was me. That's a good turn of phrase. I I looked into it, it turns out I'm a jerk. (laughs) Okay, so now Bart has told Marge the truth, and Marge's reaction is... Now we're still getting, I'm still kicking Homer out because he didn't trust me. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. At this point, Marge should go, oh, I guess Homer maybe had a reason for this. Uh, because, you know, this is obviously something that someone did to him. He's still an idiot, but at least she should go to Homer and be like, hey, are you, will, are you willing to apologize at this point? Because obviously this is Bart's thing. But no, she decides to just ignore it and still be mad at Homer. Let's just double down on the stupid. That's what is happening. That happens, man. We just and, and they brought every... in more idiot balls, <laughs> juggling them. Now there's multiple characters carrying multiple idiot balls, all of them, just, and throwing them up in the air and juggling. Don't let them drop. Um, so now Bart and Millhouse have to hatch a different plan to get now Homer and Marge back together. How are Kirk and Luann doing? Well, we have no idea, Robbie. Okay. It doesn't matter. They don't get mentioned at all. Uh, So we get a reference to Oklahoma. A long reference to Oklahoma, where Milhouse sings. Uh, Yeah. Milhouse and Bart both sing, to be fair. But why? (laughs) I don't know why it's happening. It's just just there. You're like, this is like the most Family Guy-esque gag I I can remember in recent memory. Like... Where that we stop in the middle of a scene that is productive and doing something to make a reference to a musical that doesn't really make any sense, doesn't have any context or fit in. It's just a reference for reference sake, a cutaway gag to them singing Oklahoma. Because obviously Milhouse, as a little weenie, likes musicals. Okay. Uh, Lisa, again, the voice of reason. And 
says, well, why don't, you know, why don't we just like solve this like adults? Uh, and that would be good. So we can't do that. That's not what happens uh-huh. in the show, but that is me certainly reading into what happens in the show. Uh, because Lisa says they need therapy. Bart goes, no, we're going to use a trick. We're going to trick him like a, like a Disney movie from 2002. Uh, we're going to trick him into getting back together. This is the parent trap. And I, Bart has a sudden, uh, sudden idea and a sudden idea to get Marge and Homer back together. And this is my next clip. And it is simply labeled why. Stupid movie schemes do not work in real life. Mom and dad have a marriage on the rocks, and they need to work through it in therapy to make sure it doesn't shatter. Rocks? Shatter? Jagged cliff? Lise, you've just given me an idea for the most insane, harebrained, foolproof scheme ever. (sighs) Okay, when my mom and dad see this dummy fall in the river, they'll think it's me, and they'll realize what really matters, each other. Do you like the dummy part? I even made it smell like you. Now, to make sure Homer and Marge are in proper viewing position. So I got your note saying you wanted to meet here to apologize. Well, I got your note saying you were going to bring me a bucket of potato salad. Where's my apology? Where's my bucket? Now, I'll get Mom and Dad's attention and you shove the dummy in the water. Any questions? Yeah. What are you going as for Halloween? Pile of dog do. Let's roll. Mom, Dad, I'm playing on a dangerous cliff because you're too busy arguing to pay attention to me. <gasps> Bart, we're all disappointed there's no potato salad, but for God's sake, don't jump. Now, I can't tell which is which. Oh, no, I'm already running. <laughs> I did it, Bart. Bart. <laughs> I don't think it's just an idiot ball at this point. It has to be an idiot boulder, an idiot globe. Like you, the, the idiocy has to be held up by essentially Atlas because it just, it's too heavy for a normal, a normal moral man to hold. Um, so bar, this is the plan that, okay. I think this I'm not what happens, but this is the plan. The plan is for, them they have a dummy which smells like bart isn't that a lovely information mm-hmm. millhouse how did like is that does anyone think that's funny or like i just feel like that's really creepy and gross it's very very creepy why would you write this poor boy like that this poor child millhouse is already written like a complete loser and now you have him making dummies smell like his best friend like can we do we have to write everyone as the worst version of themselves? Because that is what this episode is. Every single character is written as the worst, except for Lisa. Lisa's the only person who doesn't get that. Uh, the plan is for them to throw this dummy into the river, right? Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Well, you see, Robbie, uh, Milhouse who wears glasses, apparently does not wear them to actually increase his vision, and manages to push the wrong thing into the No, but, but Matt, like, in the ideal version of this scenario, what happens oh, after he pushes they... the dummy in, Homer and Marge freak out, rescue the dummy, find out that the dummy is not Bart, and then get very, very angry at Bart. Okay. But also, wouldn't Homer and the dummy just end up being pushed over a waterfall in that instance? 
More than likely, yes. Okay. It's, like, again, like, why is this the focal point of this episode? Why is this the thing that's happening? Like, you literally wrote a scene in this episode about Lisa saying, this doesn't work, this is stupid, and then the episode did it anyway. Like, why in the hell would you include it? But, of course, Milhouse can't see who is, which is the real Bart? Why? Mm Mm-hmm. He does his glasses don't work. He's wearing glasses. If his glasses get broken, if he's like running back and they fall off and he steps on them, okay, okay, that's something. It's a plot contrivance, but it's something. Instead, you just have him can't see with his glasses on. Like, what is going on? He knocks Bart in. Bart falls down uh, the cliffside. You remember when Homer fell down the gorge? I do, Robbie. Remember that? Well, what if that was Bart instead? I assume he'd be dead because Bart doesn't seem to hold up as well as Homer. Well, I you might want to say like, oh well, it's funnier when Homer do it. Homer does it because he's a, a grown adult, uh, adult man, and injuring children is generally less funny because uh, they're small and helpless. But who cares? We knock Bart into the water. He's unconscious, I guess. Uh, and Homer just jumps in right after him. There's that. I guess it's the one Dude, moment of the best redemption. Way to, best way to save someone. The 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 moment of the one moment of redemption is Homer diving in right after his son. I would mm-hmm. say take your shoes off first, but whatever. Um, he grabs Bart and oh, and and Matt. They uh, oh, Bart's not unconscious. By the way, Bart's fine. No, he's he's, he's fine. He's he's he's, he's just in the water. And the river is... He didn't hit the cliff at all on the way down. Or if he did, it didn't hurt him at he, all. He literally conked his head real hard on a rock face, but apparently he's fine. But he gets on Homer and turns him into a boat? Well, obviously Homer is huge, so he's the size of a boat. And then Bart paddles, and Homer just lays there. Is this a serious situation, or is it not? Robbie, can it be both? No, it can't. No. If you're asking me a question? No, it can't be both. It has to be okay. one or the other. It's either silly or it's not. It's either deadly or well, it's then not. Well, it's going to have to be silly. Because that's what it is. The problem is you're not, you shouldn't be ending your episode with like a deadly life and death situation that's silly. It should be serious. And it should be taken seriously the entire time. They, how, like, why, why am I explaining tone to this? Like, this is the simplest thing in the world. Like, you don't just suddenly have your episode going, oh, isn't it fun? Bart's on Homer like he's a boat. Like, no, like if you want me to buy that Marge and Homer are going to are going to get back together over this, it has to be serious the entire time. Um, but then they hit a rock and then they flounder around in the water and then they and then there's a waterfall, of course, hundreds of feet tall or something, some ridiculous thing. And uh, they're holding on to a rock. And this is the. This moment, Matt, is the pivotal, the the pivotal thing, the thing that the quote unquote plot of this episode hangs on, that will get Marge and Homer back together, because Marge they're hanging on a rock right at the edge of the the waterfall, and Marge yells it at Homer, "Let go of the rock, I will save you," and Homer goes, "What do you mean, let go? Why, let go of the rock? Why?" And Marge's like, "Trust me, let go of the rock," and Homer does it and then marge dives after them as they're falling off the waterfall and catches them because she has a rope around her ankle that's tied to a tree <sighs> i know i know Robbie. i just how did you know that was gonna work i why one that that doesn't work two <laughs> I, 
How there's so 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 many like why couldn't she just throw them the rope? Why is this about trust at all? This is not this isn't like if this is about trust, why does it have to be some stupid deadly situation with Bart to happen? Why can't they just have a conversation about it like adults? It's as they are literally the same amount of funny and they are literally the same amount of like like at least that makes sense. This is entirely disconnected from reality. Like, where did why does March have rope? Why does March think that she could tie her ankle off and then catch? She could catch Bart, sure. Catch Homer? Homer weighs no. at least twice as much as she does. Twice as least. Where does she suddenly like can she can hold him up? Like what? And this is the 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 shot we're left with, Matt. Mm-hmm. Before they just cut away from it conveniently, where. Marge is dangling off this waterfall. Homer is holding onto her hair and then holding onto Bart with the other hand. Mm-hmm. What is this? Why? Well, like, Robbie, can we just get to the end of this already? No, it's no. so stupid. <laughs> How do they get out of this, Matt? How do they get out back to the top without falling? Good question. No idea. Don't know. Don't care. They don't care. They just cut back to them lying uh, at the edge of the river. And the episode ends. Here is the final clip. Mom, Dad, I give a kajillion dollars for you to get back together. Make it two kajillion. Homer! We'll lose the first kajillion to taxes. Well, I guess you showed you do trust me after all. Of course I do. The only thing I can't believe is that a woman as great as you would be married to me. Oh, man. What do you think? So now Millhouse is dead. <laughs> Millhouse is dead. I really like. We should. I, I I kind of kick myself at because we really should just have a tally at the end of episodes about how many like they just let characters die and that's the ending. Uh-huh. This is because this is like I want to say the third time this season. Mm-hmm. Maybe at least second. Like so many episodes lately are just like. The final joke is, oh, that character's dead. <laughs> yep. It's so funny. Isn't it hilarious that this child is dead? Millhouse, what, Millhouse is committing suicide because Bart is dead, I guess, quote unquote. And they're just watching him float away down to that waterfall. I guess Millhouse is going to die. I guess that's, isn't that funny? Isn't the idea of Millhouse being dead funny? so funny or, i mean you or, know it's millhouse so. as soon as we cut do they jump back in the water and save do they rescue millhouse that's my question Matt. i assume they do i don't i don't make that assumption Millhouse is dead now goodbye millhouse but mark gets a new friend next He'll episode. never show up again yep yeah <sighs> um that's how the episode ends with marge and homer just contrived contrivedly getting back together no real reason just like they got, they broke apart for no real reason. Uh, Kirk and Luann forgotten. Chickenpox long forgotten. We don't care about that at all anymore. Uh, this episode's a piece of crap. Yep. Very bad. <laughs> it's a bad episode, Matt. Yep, sure is. Very, very bad. <laughs> I Matt, is it normal that after I watch an episode of The Simpsons that I just feel like incredibly deep sorrow? I mean, for this season, yes. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we don't rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. 
Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. Of course. Yeah. How could it not be? The hard part is, how do you fix this? It's not. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Like you just. You don't. If you. Okay. I assume that, like, the problem is, like, why is this, why do you bring back Millhouse, like, and Millhouse and Kirk and Luann, and then drop it completely? Are they back together? Are they not back together? Do they care? I don't know, but just make it about that. Make yeah. it, make it about that. And then if you want Marge and Homer there, they can be there as, you know, tangentially to help out this couple. But I, the problem is, like, there's no version of this episode that that is funny. Like this is a this is an episode of television that doesn't like like why on earth would you write like there's so much in this episode. I don't want to see you in a Simpsons episode. I don't want to see chicken pox parties in a Simpsons episode. I don't want like Kirk and Luann's relationship was toxic. They clearly didn't enjoy being in a relationship together. They should be divorced. They should not be a couple. And what Lisa says yeah, is th- that's what you make this episode about. Yeah, you say no. They try and get back together, and then and nothing, and like they should. And the the final resolution is like you were much happier apart, and maybe just make Kirk. I, I'm really tired. Of, like this is and this is only season seventeen. We have so far to go. Um, we're over halfway, Matt. We crossed that threshold. Oh, of all Simpsons episodes ever. Yeah, we're over halfway. All right, we're catching up. Yeah, we're catching up. We're on. We're this is we've we've reached the crest, and now we're going down. You know, it's all downhill from here. We're going to work at a faster pace than the Simpsons are. So, no matter how many more seasons, no matter how many more seasons they go, they will catch up to them. Um, like yeah, if you're going to make this episode, you make it about Kirk and Luann, and they have you can even have a that makes perfect sense. Party at the Simpsons. Like we don't need a chicken pox party. Just make it a party and a kids party. And Millhouse gets dropped off, and while the kids are playing, the parents are also there. Kirk sticks around because Marge wants him to. And Kirk and Luann end up having like a drunken hookup. And it, they half heartedly try and get back together and they enjoy their time together for a while, but then bad bad relationship surfaces again. And the 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 crux is, no, you guys probably shouldn't be together. Um and maybe they're just if you want like a happy spin on it, they're healthier afterward and they appreciate, they respect each other more and maybe they're nicer to Millhouse and et cetera, et cetera. And Millhouse, I don't know. Like the, the problem is that's kind of depressing <laughs> for a Simpsons episode. I don't know how you, why you would Arthur, you'd maybe by writing like good jokes, but that's, that's a lot to ask. I guess I really, I can't, I don't know. That's it. Like, it's not complicated. You don't. You certainly. Here's what you don't do, Matt. You don't pick up the Kirk and Wayne thing and then I drop it two thirds of the way through the episode to leave us five minutes for the a plot because that's what they try and do. They're like, oh, here's five minutes. That's enough for a plot, right? Yep. That's, no. that's all you need is to spread that out. Five minutes, and in that five minutes, we have an extended Oklahoma reference. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh that's it, man. It's not I this is pretty easy. Like that's the thing. I think that's really frustrating about this episode is why don't you stick with the Kirk and Leanne stuff and see where it goes? Is the answer on it like you said it earlier, man. Is it really just we didn't know how to get out of it? Yes, that is the answer. <sighs> that's a bad answer. I hate that that's the worst answer for me, Matt, when they say we couldn't figure it out. Well, f- try harder. I don't know what to tell you. Like oh, you just gave up? 
Let's go the easy dumb route. Ugh, that's that's the worst to me. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Um, comments from the news group is where I ask our Patreon supporters to give us their reviews, their thoughts of this episode, uh, succinctly, and uh, I'll read them here. We used to read news group reviews, but they were always so positive, never reflected what Matt and I thought. And I thought, let's see what, you know, people are listening, what our listeners thought. And they have uh, just two episodes into this. They're just spinning gold. I appreciate you guys. You may, Reading these made me feel a little bit better after watching this episode. Uh, first from Tim. This was an incredibly frustrating episode. It's almost as if the writer saw a script that read, write 22 minutes about Luann and Kirk, but interpreted that as 2.2 minutes. Seriously, that is fertile ground for an investigation of a flawed relationship. Instead, we get really poor parodies of Blues Brothers and the OC, but we're devolving to looking at Homer and Marge again. Yes, this episode is very broken. Projection ranking 331. <laughs> uh, next from Charles. I said it before I say it again. The writer's obsession with writing Marge is nothing but the victim. has completely ruined her character because we keep getting things like this. Many compare the later Simpsons episode to Family Guy. This comes across more like American Dad. Homer and Marge are put in the exact same or at least similar situation. He's always presented as wrong. Marge is insanely jealous. This is a woman who got plastic surgery on a whim because she thought Homer was sorting with someone. Yet when her bra is found in another man's house, she immediately throws Homer out for trusting her, force out for trusting her, forcing him to risk his life to prove that he does. I also never realized how far back that we can't figure out how to end this episode. Let's turn it into a marriage crisis went. Boy, they don't stop doing that. Just we don't know what to do with this episode. Marriage crisis. We need to add that to the plot wheel, Matt. Marriage crisis. I mean, they've already used it so much. I feel like it would already be worn to nothing. Just be a nub. <laughs> Just vanished. Uh, from Derek. I think this is one of the more watchable season 17 episodes. Not very high praise as this is a pretty dire season, but this fine is a bit of inconsequential fluff, I think. Problem is, though, that it isn't in- inconsequential. It undermines the Millhouse divided for no real reason. Really, if you want to produce these stupid sitcom trope late in episodes, then knock yourselves out. But don't bring the classics down with you at the same time. Amen. For real. Uh, from Aaron, I actually really enjoyed this episode until the brawl incident. Then it fell off the rails, landed in a ravine, and exploded into a horrible fireball. <laughs> Love the imagery. Yes. Um, for Benjamin, hey, it's an episode about chicken pox. No, wait, it's about Kirk and Luann. Scratch that. It's about Bart, Homer, and Marge. Pick a topic, writers. Could have been interesting if they would have gone deeper into the Van Houtens. They get what? Two or three scenes? Side note, do the writers really think they deserve more money after that two-minute OC cutaway? You're right. On, I'm right there with you. OC. Everyone loves the OC. And finally, from Lauren. OMG, I'm angry, frustrated, and lost after watching a Simpsons episode. This is not supposed to happen. I asked myself multiple times, what the absolute beep, since it's a Christian show, is this beep, beep, beep it episode? First of all, offensive much? Do you really have to have that opening sequence? What's the matter with you? Religion and race is not funny and put it together. What the absolute beep? Plus, I think they try to remind us of Homer tumbling down the screen for Gorge, but you know what's not funny? A child, a freaking child getting hurt. Oh, my beeping goodness. Ah, stupid, dumb, boring, offensive, and not funny. Shame on Simpsons writers. Shame. Ah! Uh, I, I, will, I will again put a, a call for reviews uh, on Monday morning after this episode drops and uh, give you guys some lead-up time to write a review for the next episode. I believe the next one is a Trios of Horror episode, uh, which... Probably is will do better, frankly. Um, we move on 
to our next segment is the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week. What movie scared the hell out of you as a child? Lots and lots and lots of answers. Uh, it's a fun question. Thanks, everyone, who took the time. Matt, take it away. All righty. So uh, we are going to start off with – oh, I lost my place in the thing. All right. Uh, from Matt, uh, that would be Nightmare on Elm Street. I watched the movie uh, when I was six and couldn't get past Johnny Depp being sucked into his bed. Since the movie, I slept on the floor until I went to college. After a certain point, the floor was comfier for me than the bed. It definitely ruined my childhood to some extent, and now beds are much more appreciated. I would hope so. Uh, from Andy, killer clowns from outer space. Cheesy, but a little scary to a 10-year-old. That's that's scary to anybody, not just 10-year-olds. Thank you very much. Uh, from Benjamin, uh, the ring scared me so much as a kid. Now I wonder why, but back then I think the hype scared me more than anything. Uh, from Alexander, still Magnolias when Julia Roberts' character collapsed and died with her baby right there. I was pretty little when I saw it on TV, like six or less, and it pushed my mom's own mortality to the front of my mind. Also, the spinal meningitis seen from Pet Cemetery. I've never actually seen Pet Cemetery, but that sounds oh, terrifying. Oh, Matt, you've never seen Pet Cemetery? I have not. Oh, the original. Man, it's messed up. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet. I'm not surprised. You should watch uh, it. From Holly, it's a good Steve, movie. Uh, horror is not really my thing. <laughs> it's, I think oh, you know this. No, you'd like you'd like Pet Cemetery. It's a very simple plot. Mm, sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, from Holly, it's Stephen King's It. Still to this day, if I think about it in the shower, I can't close my eyes and watch the drain. I just need to get out. I'm 39. That's some trauma right there. Very true. That is a horrible story. Uh, from Lauren, The Godfather. I'm pretty sure it's because we are Italian, but I grew up watching this movie. I hated it when I was young because it was violent and I couldn't follow it. Now I think it's a great movie, and I laugh thinking how scared I used to be because of the gore, which is tame by today's standpoint. Yeah, I can't really think of much gore in there. It's tiny. Okay. It's a little bit. It's just the you know gangland killings. A little bit. Like that. Yeah, that's true. True. All right, from Derek. I was obsessed with horror films as a kid. They never scared me, but I was thrilled by them. But oddly enough, what did scare the bejesus out of me were the four straight-to-video Scooby-Doo films from the early 2000s. They were genuinely chilling and menacing, and I remember having to call my mom to sit with me for the zombie one. Ironic that the stuff essentially for kids was what freaked me out. I, I'm i sorry. In the early 2000s, I was in college, so that just hurts me on the inside <laughs> to be called that old. Thanks, Derek. Uh, from Alex, 80s kids, so all those slashers. Freddy, Jason, Michael also throw in Poltergeist, The Exorcist. Funny thing is, even as a kid, I loved horror, even if it scared the hell out of me. It's so true. Uh, from at the Andrew blog, my dad let me watch Child's Play, aka the first Chucky's movie. Uh, shortly after I'd received a My Buddy doll for my birthday. Oh, God. I literally had nightmares for months, uh, and the doll was quickly exiled to the attic, those mildly reassuring. Uh, from at Bore ATX, The Secret of Nim. There was a very specific moment that scared me most, but I haven't watched it since childhood, so I don't remember what it was. I should probably rewatch it sometime. Do not! There is no reason <laughs> to ever rewatch The Secret of Nim. <laughs> It is horrifying even to adults. Just try and get past it as best you can. Don't tell uh, him. Matt, Matt now he's definitely going to watch it. He's because you told him no. Uh, don't well, do it. True. Fair, fair. Uh, there was a TV movie about Karen Carpenter that for some reason let my mom let me watch when I was six. I didn't understand what anorexia was, so I thought I was going to die because I had skinny arms. Typing this out made me realize how that whole story is. So true. And now we have to make uh, Robbie bleep some things. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, uh, from at that GDD1, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I was four. Cut me some slack. Again. Still a scary movie here, because clowns the, are awful. Here, the Killer Clowns from Outer Space, like, it is a very campy, cheesy movie. Like, it's making fun of 50s monsters movies, but with, like, 80s effects. But as a, especially when you're a kid, it is, is, it's way worse because you don't understand what it's doing. Like, you don't understand those layers of camp and cheese. You just get a really garish, ugly kind of 
clown movie where they're killing people and it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right, uh, from Matt Wastecast, I saw both Jurassic Park and Jaws at a very young age. I latched on Jurassic Park and fell in love with dinosaurs. Jaws, however, terrified me as a kid, which was always kind of nonsense since I lived in the Midwest and nowhere near oceans, let alone sharks. I mentioned both because people usually tell me Jurassic Park scared them as kids, and it was something I never understood having seen at the age of four with my grandpa in theaters. Uh, I was like eight when I saw Jurassic Park, and that T-Rex eating people? Yeah, that scared the crap out of me. So I understand where those people are coming from. Uh, from at Columbia 88 The Ring. I had a TV in my room and couldn't look at it off couldn't look at it off and hated static for a long time. The first night after seeing it in the theater, I turned the TV around. My mother had to sleep in my bed with me. <laughs> yeah, that'll do that to you. Uh, from at the man from N20, I was 10 when my friend Mark told me he had a VHS of a film called Waxwork. There's a scene where one of the characters starts picking away at a wax creation of their friend, only to reveal wax internal organs as I was so scared I cried. I've watched it since. It's terrible. That's most horror movies. Hey, uh, Matt, that, that's not fair. You shouldn't say, mm. I mean, even if you're right, you shouldn't say it. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, from Gil of Rachnophobia, for months not only was I scared of spiders and all types of similar bugs, but I was also afraid of taking a shower. Afraid a spider would come through the bathtub drain like they do in the movie. Ooh. Okay, Proof. here, here, Matt. Uh, this is this is the our, I put this one last because it is a, quite a journey. I just want to make. Oh that. goodness. Okay. Oh, I read this one earlier because I saw it and I was like, "What?" Okay, from at Mitch Doyle thirteen. Here's a weird one for you. I was scared of Forrest Gump for the longest time after watching it as a kid and didn't watch it again until well into adulthood, but it was all a giant misunderstanding. In the late 90s, it was a bit of a family tradition to run videos and watch them all together. Our kids uh, our kids' movies first, and then mom and dad would put theirs on when we were tired and less interested. I think my sister rented Fern Gully, so that, that was up first. I picked The Nutty Professor, so that was up next. Uh, then it was mom's turn, and little did she know, while innocently inserting the Forrest Gump VHS, that it would go on to haunt me for the next two decades. The movie started innocently enough, young Forrest and Jenny meet. He breaks the shackles of his leg braces, plays American football, meets the president, and graduates college. And this is where, after a long day of popcorn and milkshakes, I fell asleep. When I awoke, the movie had changed significantly. Forrest was older and more grizzled. He suffers a severe mental breakdown at a fast food restaurant, kills a racist gun shop owner, explodes a construction crew, and then commits suicide by cop in front of his wife and kid. It scared the hell out of me. I didn't watch Forrest Gump for another 20 years, truly believing that to be the end of the film. It wasn't until that rewatching and some wasn't until that rewatching and some subsequent Googling I figured out that I had slept through Forrest Gump and the first half of Dad's pick falling down. <laughs> That is incredible and a story I absolutely believe. Oh boy, that is fantastic. Thank you so much, Mitch. That is that is a wonderful story. Makes you really think like uh, next... Forrest Gump going into what happened if Forrest turned if instead of his subsequent journey, he instead went into an Oliver, Oliver Stone movie. Exactly. So Next week's question. No, what's Matt, the strange wait, wait, Matt, Matt, what are you doing? What, what? are you doing, Matt? What are you doing? What? Have you forgotten how we how oh, we sorry, do this? Sorry. What are you doing? My bad, my bad. Robbie, what is yours? My God, Matt. Like, we've done this for 300 times. You can't remember? Uh, my answer, much like Gil, is arachnophobia, which I watched at a very young age. And uh, I feel like I'm over it now. I'm in my mid-30s. But I lived out in the woods. For my entire childhood, and we had gigantic banana spiders. No one knows what a banana banana spider is. They're about the size of your hand, full grown, uh, and they usually they uh, nest between trees. We had a bunch of we had dozens of oak trees in our yard, and they were just massive webs in between these oak trees with massive banana spiders in between them. And my dad would knock them down, and they always come back. But we watched Arachnophobia. And that movie is about a small rural town overtaken by giant spiders that infest the town and eat people alive. And uh, 
don't watch that movie. <laughs> it's it's awful. I hate it. Oh my god. Uh don't ever watch Arachnophobia. It's not a it's it's I can't I will never watch the movie again. Matt, what's your answer? I'm actually gonna go with a, a really weird one. Uh it is The Saint. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, Robbie. I have uh, I, I have seen involves, The Saint with Val Kilmer. I think it's Val Val Kilmer, yes. Uh that may not even be the right movie, but for some reason that's the one that sticks with me because there is a point in this movie. Again, it might even be a different movie, but I will not rewatch it. Uh, it's not the same, actually. I'm I'm sure of that because it involves I want to say Bruce Willis as a oh you're thinking hired no killer. you're thinking of the Jackal I think Matt yes that's it the Jackal okay are yes. you gonna say uh, the scene where he shoots Jack Black yes yeah <laughs> the scene where he's like oh yeah hold up your hand and he has this huge long rifle and like blows the guy's hand up and for some reason probably because I saw this in like 1992 or 93 that haunted me for years it was awful i just oh it's really upsetting i'm not it's 97 when the jackal came out oh wow Uh, so i I was even older but still it's really upsetting because jack black jack black is like this very like he's just like the saint came out in the same year which is probably why you're conflating the two um oh that's um the saint is much more mundane than the jackal uh the jackal is actually a remake of uh, the day of the jackal um it's a really upsetting scene <laughs> because the Jack Black is like helping uh the Bruce Willis character as an assassin uh be like a like he's like, Oh, I'm gonna help you out for money. And then Bruce Willis is like, Nah, I'm not gonna pay you. We're gonna test this gun out on you. And poor Jack Black just gets his arm blown off. <laughs> oh my god. It's really bad. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, why would you do that? That's awful. Uh, oh, okay. Uh next week's question is what's the strangest home remedy your parents used on you? All the talk of the chicken pox made me think of that. Um, I'll post this question on everywhere on our Twitter at SimpsonsJoePod. You can email us at SimpsonsJoePod at gmail.com. And uh, I'll post it on Patreon, at, uh, post that publicly. So if anyone wants to uh, go on there without supporting us and answer a question, you can. Uh, we can move on, Matt, to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenges. So, <laughs> the No Google Trivia Challenges is part of the show where Matt and I each challenge each other through trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has a three-point lead on me early on this season. I'm not too excited about that, Matt. Could you? Could well, you, we, could, can, we can work on that. We could you give me that. easier questions, and you could not get your questions right? Get them I mean, wrong. They're pretty easy this week, so I guess we'll see. <sighs> Whenever you say that, it means I'm definitely going to get them wrong. That's always uh-huh. happens. When you say they're easy, that means they're definitely not easy. Mm-hmm. You ready for an easy question? I'm ready. Your questions are all from a Millhouse Divided. Of course they are. What couple breaks up in a Millhouse Divided? Uh, I believe it's Kirk and Luann Van Houten. That is correct. All right. Your easy question. What... When March takes calls at the church and plays Reverend Lovejoy, what name does she go by? She is the listen lady. You are correct. Why don't you listen, lady? Yeah. I'm asking her. (laughs) (laughs) Your meme question, Matt. What does March's North Korean fortune cookie say in MLS Divided? Oh, um, dang. I'm not going to remember this. I know it. Uh, It's like... Like, be happy with what you have or something like that. <laughs> no, no, no. That's too nice, Matt. Uh, the answer is, you are a coward. <laughs> I believe that. I, I I, would like some really just, like, aggressive 
portion cookies, honestly. I'm I'd rather have that than like these Namby these like like ones that are like say nothing. Like they don't even make predictions. They don't there's no fortune in them. It's just like these bland idioms. Like give me like something like you're there probably are like mean portion cookies out there you can buy like oh, no- novelty guys. That's ones. a very American product. Yeah, they would definitely be made in America though. Maybe outsourced All right. to Korea. Well, of course. Not Korea is too fancy these days. It would be outsourced to Japan or Vietnam, or not Japan, uh, China or Vietnam or something like that. Anyway, your question, your medium question, what is the name of the enclosure Ned is in at the zoo? Oh, the name of the enclosure. <laughs> it's with baboons, monkeys. I think it's baboons. Uh, Baboon Lagoon? You are so close. It is Baboon County, USA. Baboon County, USA. I just went with a rhyme because I couldn't remember. Baboon County, USA. I like this. Yes, USA. All those baboons native to the United States. Uh, your hard question, Matt. Starla is a temp at what radio station? Oh, oh God. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was um, K-Zug. There's, I need more. Oh, come on. Really? I remember K-Zug, and you're not going to give it to me? I need it. It's uh, a hard question, man. I need the whole, I need more. Oh, jeez. Uh, I have no... I didn't even know there was more than that. It is K-Zug Radio 530. Of course, an AM station. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You you did a good job, Matt, but hard questions, I'm, I don't give, I'm not going to give partial credit. Yeah, yeah. You're a little name. I get it. All right. Your hard question... What are the names of the two companies that make Mr. Sparkle? <laughs> Light bulbs and fish. I think you asked me this question before. <laughs> and every time I... <laughs> I think you've actually asked me this question Oh, great. Before. Even better. It, it seems I, familiar. I, I believe it's Light bulbs and Fish. I think it's Fujiwara Fishworks and... I don't know. I could just... Like, I, I don't... I can't remember the Light Bulb Company, though. I don't know. I, 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 I only have Fujiwara in there. I don't remember anything about the light bulb company. Okay. Uh, it is Matsumura Fishworks Matsumura. and Temurabuchi Heavy Manufacturing Concern. There's no Fishworks in there? Do they work at the Fishworks? No fish do they work at Fishworks in the Japan episode? They do. Okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of then. Knife goes in, gets come out. Yeah. Knife goes in, gets come out. 30 minutes over Tokyo. Well, Matt still has the lead, unfortunately. This is what happens. But we have a long season to go, Matt. And I would like to remind the listeners that I am the reigning champion, just so I can say that again and feel get a little boost of serotonin. Very important. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categories. So we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Oh, boy. It really comes down to how bad you think this is. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, it's pretty bad. It 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 does. It's very. It is very unpleasant. I will. I will say that it is a very unpleasant episode. It's kind of disgusting from beginning to end. Like the only interesting things are the Kirk Kirk and Luann stuff that barely gets any time. Yeah, it, exactly. I don't know. It, it's a, it's hard to say that it's as bad as some of these like really bad ones. Like it's yeah, it's not like offensive or anything, and it's not even that crazy. But it's just bad, and boring. I mean, that's the problem. Like that's the worst thing, man. It's like yeah, it's not crazy at all. It's just boring. Um, 
I'm going to say... I'm kind of looking somewhere around... Uh, all right, you go ahead. I was going to say it's at least below the Zifu came to dinner, which is uh, at 314. That's 314. I think... Okay. I think I, I'm... I looked at, like, Fat and the Furious. I, I laughed during Fat and the Furious. About what exactly? I, I laughed at Homer's butt hanging out of the bear suit. I thought that was funny. Oh. Of course you did. Course. I thought that was a funny joke. But Artie's like, like there's jokes in these episodes. This is, this is joyless and boring and messy. And I think that like, that's a lot of these episodes down here. Um, there's a big block of 16 season, 16 episodes. Um, let's say, is this episode better or worse than mommy beerist? No, I think mommy beerist is just patently offensive. Um, just the whole Mo Marge thing is just so creepy and disgusting that it just—that's uh... very true. I think it's it it does out disgusting this episode. So Fat Man and Little Boy yeah. is next. Is it better or worse than Fat Man and Little Boy? Which one is that one again? <laughs> I'm way ahead of you. That's Declan Desmond. That's uh, Homer building a nuclear reactor. Oh God, Goose, um... Goose Gladwell. Ooh. Ah, yes, yes. This is better than that, but not by much. I, I think the real challenge is going to come from future drama. That one is incredibly dumb, which puts it in like the perfect level of this one. I can't tell which one of those is dumber. Okay, uh, um, you pick one to watch again, Matt. Which would you rather watch again? Honestly, future drama. Like it's it's dumb, but at least it's kind of wacky and out there. Yeah, you get some interesting character designs. I think that's like. It's like very bare minimum of of pleasure, but it's something. Uh, yeah. This is so boring and kind of gross. I don't know. It just feels uh, like what I said earlier. Everyone is written as the worst version of themselves, except for Lisa. Lisa's the only one. But Bart is like this. Uh, you know, he's mischievous, but he does. There's no like, like he wants to like bring his parents back to, like he just late he is ruining people's marriages on a whim and you're like oh, why are we why is this the plot M- kirk and luann were mean to millhouse one time so their marriage their their new relationship should, should be gone is that what we're doing and then we don't even okay i can't um i think i agree with him if futurama ekes out a a, a meager victory uh, future drama. Don't you dare sell any of a future drama with that episode. I said future drama. Um, I said what I yeah. said. I've only had. I haven't eaten lunch today yet, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little woozy. Aren't we all? Uh, that's a new number three seventeen on our list. Why is it doing this to me? I'm trying to. Uh, it. Number new number three seventeen on the list, right below Future Drama, right above Fat Man and Little Boy. New number one twenty six in the post Golden Years ranking. Not doing great. Uh, these episodes are all bad. Um, this is terrible. Uh, we have one. Don't more. watch this. Whatever you do. Yeah, don't watch this episode. Uh, we have one more final thing to do, Matt, and that is we need to decide if we shoot this episode out of the cannon. The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. Oh, Matt. Um, I know. I know. Matt, uh, do we think that... Do, do you remember if... Leanne, do Kirk and Leanne stay a thing? On and off, yeah, I think so. Oh, go on and off. Okay. That's, they're just, they, just, they, just, they just do the Barney answer then. 
So Borny is a drunk when it's convenient, and he's sober when it's convenient. Exactly. And, and Kirk and Luann are together when it's convenient, and are broken up when it's convenient. Exactly. It's all just plot things. You know what? I, you know what I have to say about that? Uh, fire out of the cannon. Fire the cannon. Goodbye, Middle House of Sanded Fog. You are not part of the canon. We can move up to better days, happier days, where we get uh, work our way down from the top of this list, uh, working our way through the best episodes and decide if they're in the canon or not, which most of them, of course, they are. But we're up to 43, which is Sideshow Bob Roberts, where uh, Sideshow Bob runs for office. Yeah, no, that's one of the best Sideshow Bob op- uh, episodes for sure. Yeah, it's great. It's a it's a really good episode. It's a um one of the more cutting political uh themed episodes. Um Sacha Bob and and Kelsey Grammer, great, funny as always. Uh it's a great episode. So yeah, absolutely part of the canon. We're not going to be firing a cannon at, out of any of these out of the canon for a while, I think. Not until I don't know. We're gonna see. We're gonna see where that line of demarcation ends, Matt. We'll get there eventually, one day. I think I see where it is, but we can't really know. Mm-hmm. We don't can't really know until we get there. Uh, we got plenty of time. Sure. We got plenty of time as we are over halfway uh, through this the show as of the day of recording because episode seven hundred is coming out next. We're actually episode seven hundred as the time you're recording this is now out, and we're you know three fifty whatever. Um, we'll get there, but we got a lot of time. Uh, 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 um, I think, what else do we do? Oh, I go, I, this is what I do, Matt. I say, this list is available on our website. It's com. It has links to all of our stuff, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, to a link to our Patreon. If you want to help out the show, throw us a couple dollars. You get a bunch of back bonus podcasts and, and, uh, you can submit your review moving forward. All kinds of great stuff. Appreciate everyone who supports us there. Uh, before we go, you can. Oh wait! Oh wait! Matt! 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 Mm-hmm. We gotta do our next episode. Our next episode is Trails of Horror. Oh, that's right. Is a uh, Trails of Horror what sixteen? And this is uh, we got the artificial and in- artificial intelligence, uh, most dangerous game, and uh, like uh, uh, like a Buffy episode or Buffy Twilight Zone. I don't know. There's the the last one is a kind of a mismatch, I think, of different influences. Interesting. But I don't think I've ever watched this. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen this trail of Tressar. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, that's next week. Before we go, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. My website is RobbieDorman.com, which includes links to all my stuff, all my other podcasts, and links to purchase my horror novel. My newest novel is out now came out as of the, 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 on the day this episode drops it is out you can go buy it it is called regrowth it is michael Crichton meets david cronenberg uh is a suspense horror story about a scientist researching limb regeneration in an underground lab run by the world's richest man with the earth on the brink of a collapse it is great for fans of body horror and michael Crichton. uh you can buy it print or on any book on amazon you can read it for free with Kindle Limited. Really appreciate it if you go take it, pick, go pick it up. Uh, those early purchases and early reviews really help me out, and I appreciate everyone who does that. Um, yeah, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That's true. I spend all my time with kittens. 
turns out uh we have a new batch coming in pretty soon uh you know the, the kitten crop is probably going to be a little light this year but that's okay that's the way we like it uh but pretty soon if you like kittens you can see these adorable little critters at kitten interns at k-i-t-t-i-n-t-e-r-n-s on instagram and you get to see the adorable little things that they are did you do that on purpose Matt? kitten turns out i didn't actually ha 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 uh well that will well well with that, we'll call it a day. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.